On the complete guide to Termina, today we're talking about, finally, Woodfall. What a cool name, Woodfall. It's like simple, but it works. Yeah. Um, You'll never find another dungeon in some other game called Woodfall. Is there another dungeon in another game called Woodfall? I don't think so. Woodfall. If I just type in Woodfall. Minus Zelda. Oh, I didn't even do that. Just first thing. Uh, I found an itch.io. I found a drive-thru RPG, which is also the same file as the itch.io. What is it? A system-neutral dark fantasy mini-setting. That's nice. Okay. Well, too bad they're going to get cease and desisted by the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. The, the mask man himself is sitting there, like, frantically searching at all times. Yeah. And he tells, uh, he, in the cease and desist letter, he tells people that they've met with a terrible fate. <laughs> And shouldn't it be that you will meet with a terrible fate if you don't take your file off itch.io? Right. But uh, that's not how Mask Man rolls. So in the game, um, you have to come up to Woodfall on your way out of the um, the Deku Palace, having learned the Sonata of Awakening. You can come up here before you get the Sonata of Awakening, but you will find out that you can't progress any further. So let's say we have the Sonata. We uh, take that little secret passage out of the Deku Palace that puts us on like the top level of the swamp map. And we can climb over and like Deku float over a bunch of cool giant flowers. Those are good. Yeah. And up to the slopes of Woodfall, there is a little cliff that we can navigate. And here is where, uh, in the original version of the game, you meet Kepora Gebora and he teaches you the Song of Soaring. Right. Wonderful. Lovely. Uh, then you climb up into Woodfall proper, the specific map that is named Woodfall. Yeah. And I think I already mentioned this before, but... The, like, diameter of the big volcano crater that you navigate here is way bigger than what you see outside. Um, Yeah. Like, the geometry does not match up. And, of course, that happens all all times of the time. But it seems... It sticks out to me here because it's like an exterior location. It's not just, oh, this house is bigger on the inside because cartoons. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's very gameplay focused in that we needed a bigger area to do the fun stuff with yes. the platforms we're about to do. But also, we weren't going to make that much swamp around it. No, no. We only had ideas for three chunks of swamp. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, up here, Woodfall, the big purple swamp in a, a volcano crater. Yeah, it's like a crater lake. Is, to my mind, one of the quintessential Majora's Mask locations. 
because you've got the color purple everywhere. Okay. And you've got the undulating texture of whatever that is, mist or liquid, like flowing up over the uh, crater walls and out into the swamp. Um, just the kind of surreal, eerie atmosphere that defines this game is right here in Woodfall. Okay, I can see that. I was going to say this place doesn't strike me as iconic, though I do like it. I'm trying to think what would be iconic, and like aside from, you know, Clock Town. Yeah. And like the Great Bay. The other thing that this area has that feels iconic to Majora's Mask to me is dead trees. That is true. There are a lot of dead trees in this game. And it's also where um, you combine, you have the Deku Scrubs that are uh, enemies here for some reason. But they are paired with these beetles. And the beetles are a new enemy no. for Majora's Mask. What? Okay, they are a new enemy, but they're not new to Zelda. No, no. Um, although we don't know quite yet what they are. Wait, so my my point anyway is that you have the old times, like the Ocarina of Time enemy, yeah. plus the weird new enemy to create the mood of Majora's Mask, which is familiar, but then something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell me about the history of these. They're beetles. hip loops. Ryan, they got hip loops in this game. Okay, and tell me what a hip loop is. Hip loop is a enemy that shows up throughout like the entire Zelda series, uh, but it gets named and designed different in many different incarnations. You might be more familiar with it as the Helmosaur. Okay, yeah. In which a lot of games it shows up as like a little dinosaur with a helmet. Yes, these don't have helmets, but they'll have helmets later in the game, right? Well, these have the... You can't attack them head on. You have to attack I them from behind. That, okay, I'm forgetting something. Whatever. Yes? Yeah. And so... I think that's right. I I forget. But these are the same enemy. And it's just really fun that you have, like... The idea of a certain enemy that can show... that Like, the physical appearance of the enemy is less important than its identifier as how you beat it. It's gameplay function, Yeah. That feels really, like, mythological to me. And it's like... Uh, Octoroks uh, end up being basically like that too, right? Yeah. I, uh, I like this idea yeah, of it good. just, like, somebody reading in the, like, a, a, a tome of foes about mm -hmm. a creature that you have to... It has a hard head that you have to attack from behind. And somebody else finding a completely different creature that's, like, a different genus... Um, but still giving it the same name because it functionally is the same thing from a fighting perspective, which is really delightful to me. It's pretty good. Hip These loops. are good bugs. They make a good noise. Yes. They're perfectly adapted to patrolling these planks that are set up between little stumps and stuff. I love this. I love this rickety like wooden scaffolding that leads to the entrance of the temple. It's a good Deku Scrub playground. Yeah. It's it's pretty good, like, gives Deku Link something cool to accomplish. Um, the Great Fairy of Power is here in the Nintendo 64 version. Um, and she is a shattered fairy at first. 
Right. When you come back with all the stray fairies, she'll reconstitute in the great fairy of power, who's pink. And she gives you the upgraded spin attack. Yep. In the 3D version, she changes places with the great fairy of wisdom, who's green, who gives you the double magic meter. And, um, is that right? Yeah, that's right. The, I, we didn't talk on the Clocktown North episode about like the division of labor of the great fairies and their titles and their functions. And for a long time, I didn't see any rhyme or reason to it because in Ocarina of Time, the, <laughs> Setting aside, like, remembering that the Triforce is power, wisdom, and courage, some magic lady shows up and says, I'm the great fairy of power. That seems like such a bland, nothing appellation, just like four legendary words stuck together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So I didn't process that it's actually pretty consistent, at least between these two games, that the Great Fairy of Power gives you the spin attack, which is like a power thing. The Great Fairy of Wisdom gives you double magic, which is arguably a wisdom thing, sure. And the Great Fairy of Courage gives you the double health upgrade, which makes sense as like a courage thing. It all tracks to me anyway. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's consistent between the games, which makes sense. What's not consistent is the uh, correspondence of colors from fairy to quality, because the great fairy of wisdom, wisdom is the blue part of the Triforce. She should be the blue fairy. But because she gives you green magic, she's the green haired great fairy. And the great fairy of courage has blue hair. Maybe, I guess. I don't, were they, were the colors, did did the great fairies in Ocarina of Time have different colors? I don't remember a great fairy in Ocarina having blue hair, but I'm pretty sure there was one with green hair. Maybe they just like wanted to go all out on that here and they're like, okay, well we need to do as many wild colors as we can get. Yeah, yeah. It's possible they all had pink hair in Ocarina of Time. Um, the color to quality thing is definitely screwed up here in Majora's Mask. The other thing is, I did not realize that, because again, it's a really generic name, the Great Fairy of Magic is the Great Fairy who gives you all the spells in Ocarina. Well, it's like three different Great Fairies of Magic. I guess. Or the same fairy that shows up in three different places. She's got uh, three houses. If she can teleport between those springs, which doesn't seem far-fetched at all. I mean, she says, I am the great fairy of magic. She doesn't say, I am a great fairy of magic. Yeah, but they're like I'm proud a spell en- dispenser. They're proud enough that they wouldn't admit to the existence of other great fairies of magic. Um, Possibly. It's weird anyway. So like the idea that the great fairy of magic, I, I if I, before I researched this, I would have told you that the Great Fairy of Magic first appeared in Majora's Mask. That name was made up for Majora's Mask. Nope. In fact, the one that was made up for Majora's Mask is the Great Fairy of Kindness. Yeah. Who yeah, yeah. 
I guess we'll talk about later, but I feel like I already have stuff to say about the Great Fairy of Kindness. Well, great can, Fairy of Kindness! She can, That's a good oath. <laughs> well, she can wait. We gotta go to the temple first. Okay. Um, yeah, we've we've exhausted everything to talk about in the Woodfall exterior. Let's play the Sonata of Awakening while standing on the carving of a Deku scrub on, like, the uh, worship platform. And if you play that Sonata as a Deku with the appropriate instrument, then Woodfall Temple rises from the crater and it's this awesome, like, kind of a ziggurat-looking thing with huge dead trees growing out of it. It's yeah, rad. It's pretty sick. It's it's interesting that um, the Deku civilization was given, like, pretty consistent uh, visual style for their architecture up to this point. Now, the Woodfall Temple is probably a deku construction it has some deku uh statues in it yeah yeah um but it doesn't look like it was built by the same society you know what i mean well it could be like ancient deku built this place yeah exactly it would it would have as to be to separated the, by some centuries or something as yeah as opposed to the modern chuckleheads that made a wooden fort and then made a bunch of rickety scaffolding so then does that mean Woodfall Temple, according to my theory, was built out of wood pulp that was chewed up and then spat out by Deku's? It doesn't look like it. Mm, there's definitely it a lot be. of stone. So they lost the it secret looks of like stonework stone. at some point. I think that it's wood pulp that is painted to look like stone. Like at Disneyland. <laughs> it all comes back. Okay, so let's um, enter the Woodfall Temple. We go in. Um, maybe I should... Uh, Ryan, can I give my... Uh, my 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 grand unified theory of Majora's Mask Dungeons? I would love to hear your grand unified theory of Majora's Mask Dungeons. It's not like a fully formed theory, and it's very... You're getomed. Sparse. But I have a like a solid feeling about the way Majora's Mask Dungeons are that I need to get out, and then we can kind of spend some time sifting through it as we go through these dungeons eventually. Friggin' do it, man. Majora's Mask's dungeons feel way more like dungeons from A Link to the Past than they do dungeons from Ocarina of Time. Whoa. There's a couple different reasons that we'll get into as we go through this temple. Um, I don't know that, like, that, obviously, you know, game development is not, it's not like they were thinking specifically about Link to the Past making these, but it just feels way more like a 2D design philosophy in a lot of ways than a 3D design philosophy, where Ocarina of Time's Dungeons by and large, with some exceptions, feel very much like this is that team's, you know, they're 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 breaking new ground, building 3D environments to run around as an elf guy. Okay. And a lot of the stuff that they developed for that feels like it comes from that that like 
the fact that starting it's in 3D. Point. Yeah. Okay. And there is obviously 3D elements to these dungeons here, but especially Woodfall Temple, it really feels like something that could have been designed as a 2D temple that was translated into a 3D temple. Sort of. Not 100%, but there's just, there's enough elements, and then there's specific elements pulled straight out of Link to the Past in some of these dungeons that I'm like, that's, this just feels way more Link to the Past than anything in Ocarina of Time ever felt like. Wow. Okay. What a bombshell. I think that's really worth investigating. I I don't think it is out of line at all. I think that we can take as a given that the dungeon design in Majora's Mask is like definitely on a different track than Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Ocarina of Time good. There's a definite like you could tell which game <laughs> a dungeon came from. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh and so the if if the the character of that difference is up for debate and I think that you've made a very strong opening statement about your case. Here's what I would like to dissect about these dungeons. Okay, let's go. About them. Let's go. Let's go. I think there is a popular notion that the dungeons in in Majora's Mask to make up for there being only four of them are longer or harder than uh, Ocarina of Time dungeons. At least I've seen this idea put out there somewhere. I feel like I've, and, ha- I've felt this at some point, but I don't know if that rings true now. Yeah, I, I would like to... What I would really like to do is quantify the length and difficulty of all 19 dungeons that are part of this, um, <laughs> this thesis. Because I feel like... I feel like they're actually pretty comparable. And if anything, the Majora's Mask dungeons are in fact shorter than uh, Ocarina of Time dungeons. That's my intuition. And okay. I think that the the game, like quote unquote, makes up for having fewer dungeons um, by, for one thing, make it like it's a, it's a convenience to the player to make these dungeons smaller because you have the time limit uh so it's like that on purpose it's not like a laziness thing no 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 also there's a bunch of other stuff that's not like the main dungeons that fills that role in this game yeah and also my third point so you can see that uh this will also be a very interesting thing to talk about a lot for a long time yeah okay we should get into it so then we can start picking things apart to both fit into our individual narratives yes inside the dungeon the first room i don't really want to go room by room yeah You've got a big room where you can fall down, and there are bows in the basement of this room. Oh, yeah. Bows are a new enemy that are like a pretty good Majora's Mask enemy being just a shadow that follows you around. Yep. Um, 
and like has to be one of the easiest things to animate in the world because yes. it's it's just a texture. Yep. <laughs> or I guess it's the eyes on a texture, but wow. Um, but they're good enemies. <laughs> they're like creepy. Um, this temple has poison water in it and there's going to be a, like a sub quest almost where you activate the, um, wooden stirrer thing in the central room. You know what I mean? I don't know what to call that thing. It's like a rudder. No, it's like a, the middle of a blender. It's like a donkey wheel. Remember on Lost? I don't remember on Lost. I've never seen Lost. Well, I didn't watch most of it, but I read a lot of the wiki. And there was this, like, wooden wheel that you would have a donkey pull around. Okay. Like, the donkey walks in a circle to turn the wheel in a mill, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so this is, we'll call it the donkey wheel. And you don't decontaminate the water in Woodfall Swamp by activating this wheel you do that by defeating the boss but when you when you turn on this wheel and it starts spinning around in the central room i'm like oh good now the water won't be poisonous anymore because to me it looks like the device that cleans the water maybe it's like a component of it did you get the same sense though am i talking crazy no, I can see where you're coming from. It seems like that should clear it up. But it's like, no, you got to do that and get rid of the source of pollution. Yeah. It almost should be that if you just go straight and beat the boss that you should still have to go turn the spinner back yeah. on. Yeah. In my um, version of Majora's Mask, that's just like way worse. I guess. I mean, worse for you. I want to play it, though. There is a big... um bug theme in this dungeon yes it like it has to set itself apart from the forest temple and it does that by having very distinct architecture but also by leaning into more swampy iconography and one of those is all the beetles and bugs and moths that are like carved into the walls and I don't think this was in Ocarina of Time. Moths that attack you. They did not have moths in Ocarina of Time. They are a new enemy to this video game, and they're great. Uh, they're good. They're also, like, it's uh, it's actually really smart because they had, I'm pretty sure, the flying moths in Ocarina of Time that would follow your Deku stick around when it was on fire, right? I don't remember them existing there, but maybe. Oh, I think think they did but now they attack you and so it's just taking an atmospheric <laughs> it's i mean element six, and six, making it into a monster 64 games since super mario 64 had like butterflies yeah 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 like the idea of it being like a background element that's just flitting around uh has been on the nintendo 64 since the start and now it has turned around and become a hazard yeah so that's good. Um, there's a lot of rooms in here. The The layout of this dungeon, as opposed to several others in the game, is like you're going to navigate this space, and then you're, you're going to do like platforming and puzzle stuff, but then you're going to 
walk into a room where you fight somebody, you're going to get something and then go out. Yeah. So there's like four rooms that are just arenas for battles. Yeah. And the layout is just very simple. And there's, you know, a lot of navigating between different floors and such. But uh, the navigation between different floors, though, I, I think you're right. Feels like it could be adapted from a Link to the Past dungeon. Yeah, this where is yeah, go it's ahead. just either a staircase that goes straight up or down, like between levels, not like raising you at an incline, or it's falling down from one level down into the level below. Yeah, this is That's one of the really main things that made me on. think about this. Is it's just they actually like implemented. Like, a staircase that you walk onto, and then it just plays an animation of Link ascending to the other floor. Yeah. Which is not yeah. how Ocarina of Time would ever do that. that uh, gosh, an- are you an- right about Antithetical that? to the Ocarina of Time, de- like, design entirely. To have that shorthand version of you go up some stairs. Wow. So, that was Heck. one. Yeah. that that That's what makes me... That's one of the things that makes me feel like this is a way more 2D-oriented design, even though it's not, obviously, but anyways. Well, no, I I mean, there's, there's a possible history where they designed some dungeons for 2D. It's not like people had stopped making 2D games, uh, but they then well. they said, <laughs> well, shut up, <laughs> they... Um, <laughs> And then they said, well, we need, we're, no, we're doing it. It's the Ocarina of Time mentioned it's 3D. And so they said, okay, well, I can make this. I, I already did a dungeon. I can just make it be 3D. I mean, maybe. I There's definitely evidence otherwise. But yeah, just as far as sensibility goes, they were like, no, no, no. I'm just going to program it this way I would have programmed it before. Because yeah. that makes sense to me in me, dungeon programmer guy. Hi, Dungeon Programmer Guy. Well, um, I guess while we're talking about the 3D-ness of this dungeon, it's time to bring back a segment that we haven't done since Dogs Know When. Oh. Do you know what segment I'm talking about? I don't. It's the 3D Fail segment. (gasps) I forgot about the 3D Fail segment. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't. Although I did think briefly that it was called Gravity Fails segment. (laughs) I was looking it up under that name. (laughs) No, we've got a big 3D fail in this dungeon. Uh, Which is... You've got a room on the first floor with a bunch of twisty tree trunks going from the floor to the ceiling. And you have a room on the second floor with a bunch of twisty tree trunks going from the floor to the ceiling and presumably becoming the tree that you can see from the outside of the dungeon. Yeah. However, these two rooms are not straight up and down from each other. Oh, huh. (laughs) And in fact, the, the worst part is... When you're in the upper room with the twist, twisty trees, there are a bunch of holes in the floor, and you fall down from there, not into the opening room with all the twisty trees, but into the central chamber with the donkey wheel, where there aren't all those twisty trees. So 
there's a very definite sense of like, okay, I see it up here. I go down a floor. I don't see it there. They must. Have, you don't even have to go into no clip to notice this. Yeah, they they must have planned that to be the room on top right? of the other room, and then yeah, the dungeon probably didn't flow well that way. Yeah, and then they, they had said to, rather than because yeah, if you if you have uh, the player fall down into the opening room, then you have this one extra room that you have to climb up out of and then do all that platforming to go through. So like. If you if you rearrange things such that the trees uh, that you didn't change any of the rooms but you just had continuity of where the trees are, then the dungeon would suck. However, you could have changed the location of the trees or added some trees to that central room. Right. To, this. Yeah. Yeah. They. But they didn't, and that's nope. why it's a three D fail. Bum bum. No, that's not the theme music. Oh. I forget that it's been so long. I forgot the theme music, but I'll, I'll, I'm excited to hear it. Yep. We can talk about. There's a couple mini bosses. There's a dungeon item. Mm. I want to talk about dungeon items and mini bosses. Okay. There's two mini-bosses. Uh, yes, okay. You know who's the first mini-boss? It's Dinophos. Dinophos is back, and he looks yeah. way better in this game. They gave him a new character model. And do you mean for 3D, or do you mean for Majora's Mask? No, for Majora's Mask. The original oh, okay. Ocarina of Time model of the Lizzlefo or Dinofo is, like, bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like, remember this. Like, uh, not... not you know, the the models in Ocarina of Time are perfectly functional, but some of them are just like, boy, that was a rough draft that you just said, ship it. <laughs> okay. And getting a second pass at it here, they made a cool little lizard man. Um, it's a great choice of a mini boss here because Deku Link gets to shine so much in this part of the game that um, normal Link kind of falls by the wayside. And yet, Dinophos is a guy that Deku Link is not prepared to take on. Yeah. And so you give Human Link something cool to do. Uh-huh. Um, you get, for defeating Dinophos, you get the bow. The hero's bow. Oh, that's a good name for a podcast. Yeah. The bow is the dungeon item of this dungeon. A uh, cool thing that Majora's Mask does, I mean cool in a sense and kind of disappointing in another sense is that all of the dungeon items are the bow and then the three kinds of magic arrows as so as a kid reading about the game i also was kind of like oh, i don't know about that but like looking back at it now i actually really like this choice that like let's first talk about why it's a bad choice and then we can talk about why it's okay a you talk choice. about why why it's a bad choice and then i will uh, because the dungeon items are supposed to be cool, unique things like the hook shot and the hammer and um, the better hook shot. Hold on. Um, cool things, cool things. Think of cool things. Uh, the better gloves for picking stuff up. Oh, come on. No, there's unique. There's cool, unique dungeon items in the dungeons. There are cool, unique dungeon items. Um, um 
the Dominion Rod. Oh, the Sand Rod. The Sand Rod. The Sand Rod is cool. The Sand <laughs> that's Rod just, is that's just awesome. true. That's just true. Um, <laughs> so, but like, that's not a, is that a dungeon item? It is in Spirit Tracks, isn't it? They have it in a Link Between Worlds as well. But that's, but those aren't dungeon items because you get them before you go into the dungeon. Mm, uh, let's not talk about Link Between Worlds. Okay. So, um, <laughs> the, like, at least in theory, the uh, one ideal of Zelda game design is the dungeons should each have a cool treasure that you get to use in that dungeon. And here uh, they change it up so that they're, I know it's my job to be negative about this. And then you're going to say the pro um, it's all the same. It's just a new version of the same thing. You just get to shoot more things with your bow and that's boring. Okay. Now, you give the other side. Okay, I have three points. One, making the bow and the arrows, the dungeon items for each dungeon, centers the bow as like an incredibly important item in a way that it really is in most Zelda games anyway. But now it is like, no, 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 you got to understand. It's all about the bow here. The bow is what you're going to use to do a lot of what's going on in the game the bow is one way that you will defeat the final boss of the game okay it's a very centering choice two yeah it makes it gives a chance for the different elemental arrows to shine in a way that they just flat out did not in ocarina of time right they devised this system for these elemental arrows that you know we know from beta stuff is actually way less than it was originally um and you didn't really get to do much with that in Ocarina of Time, so they were really like, okay, no, if we're going to reuse Ocarina of Time as an engine, we need to look at some of the items we had before and give them a chance to do some new stuff. And so, specifically the Ice Arrows, but like, you know, we'll get to some stuff with that in the later dungeons. Um, And then three, and this is my big, big brain take. Okay. Um, the idea of a dungeon having to have a specific dungeon item that becomes your key to unlock all of the fun stuff in that dungeon, right? That's a yeah. design philosophy that isn't always it hasn't always Zach is been trying that to infuriate me. Has that has not always been the way Zelda games work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to my Link to the Past point, where okay. there are dungeons in Link to the Past that just have reward items that you can skip. You know, yeah. oh, here, yeah. here's here's a here's a shield, here's some mail. You know, um, that th- those items aren't necessary, aren't critical path items. They're not the keys that unlock the rest of that dungeon. Um. And I think that adds more points in my jar of more, 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 what's my metaphor? Anyways, that's more stuff about it being more connected to Link to the Past where, yes. um, though I guess that falls apart because you do actually need those items to. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we do, we do cool need those items to actually that. do stuff. 
But anyway, but, I like the um, idea of having dungeons where the item is just a thing you can get. It's not necessary. It's not necessarily the thing you need that unlocks it, which is still, you know, that is a fun way to do a dungeon that Zelda has been doing for a long time now. Because it's yes. really fun when you open up a chest and suddenly you've got two claw shots and you're like, oh, I can Spider-Man around this dungeon now. Amazing. My first Zelda was Link's Awakening, where each dungeon is kind of a little puzzle box. And the dungeon item always lets you, it's like the big step where you kind of open the puzzle box and now yeah. you get to do the rest of it. Uh-huh. And so that is extremely appealing to me because it was baked into my brain when I was eight years old. That's right. And Link to the Past, this is kind of the philosophy of like the whole game of Link. Link's Awakening is kind of one big puzzle box uh, or one big little puzzle box. And then Link's Awakening, the dungeons are each like adventures in and of themselves uh, you're not really necessarily going through the critical path. A link There's to the a past. Lot of... A link to the past. Yes, is what I mean. Link to the path. Path. What did I say before? You said Link's Awakening. Was... Sorry. Oh, sorry. Links. A link to the past or L to P is the dungeons are each like big goofy adventures they're all sprawling there's a bunch of unnecessary stuff because there's space for that stuff and um there's room for the dungeon items to be stuff that you just pick up as like something that you pick up like in the overworld there's the cape and the uh, ice rod that you just happen to get because you're out adventuring um so uh, yeah, it's a it's a different philosophy, and there's room for both philosophies. Yeah, and, and that's it's actually even more LOZ philosophy, right? That's that's Zelda one stuff where they hadn't even gotten that far in the thought process to think about dungeon items in that way for the most part. In some ways, yeah, yes, yeah. but not in not as like a design philosophy, more as a hey, that'd be cool. It's good stuff. Anyway, now the I've, thing I've, you the point in favor of the. Dungeon items in Majora's Mask being the arrows that you forgot to make is it means that you get to put the hookshot at all out in the overworld, not in the main dungeons. And so you get to have cooler things that you find out in the world. Yeah. And this is a point toward my thesis that the dungeons in Majora's Mask are diminished in order to make room for the world to be cooler. Yeah, it spreads it spreads the wealth around and because yeah. there are fewer dungeons, it's nice to have those rewards out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Synthesis. So, you get the bow from the Dinophos. In um on Zelda Wiki when I was researching this, I noticed a paragraph by a confused person who's like, <laughs> it's kind of weird that you don't use Deku Link to beat the boss. Usually you're supposed to, like, was not, there was, was approaching this from the kind of Link's Awakening perspective of the puzzle box progression of you get this one thing and then that beats the boss, which... Uh, we'll get to the boss in a second, but 
um, Majora's Mask is not regimented about how you beat the bosses. It's not like you have to be the local guy or you have to use the dungeon item. They just come up with four different weird battles that are like sometimes you use the local guy or whatever. Um, instead, what they do that's kind of hard to notice, I think, is that you use the dungeon item to get the boss key. And this is pretty uh, consistent through the four dungeons. Mm. You get the bow here and you need the bow to beat Gecko, the frog guy, to get the boss key here. Yeah. Who is a cool enemy. <laughs> he's yeah, a, a mean frog. He's who, a mean when frog. When you defeat him, yeah. turns into a nice frog. He turns into a nice frog. He was a nice frog all along. Yeah. He's one of the five frogs that you have to collect. We've met basically all of them at this point. Oh, I forgot. Like, when are we going to talk about uh, collecting the five frogs? I guess when we get... We've just pointed them out each time we've passed the one, and then when we get to the pond, we'll just shout it out there and it'll be fine. Okay. All right. We have to remember to talk about the experience of coming back here just to fight Gecko. Oh, we will. Okay. We'll, we'll be we'll be annoyed enough in re- thinking about it to talk about it. Okay. Anno- annoyed um, and positive. Anyways. <laughs> um. So you're right that there's um. Or I don't know who made this point or if we made this point. Um, the dungeon is pretty linear. Woodfall is. You kind of have to figure out where you can go next and then you go there and after a certain point you're kind of on rails going through a gauntlet of uh puzzles and combat and then you get to this big room you know what i'm talking about i think so uh the big room right before the boss that i kind of always forget about I'm expecting to just go to the boss, but no, there's this big room. And it has a lot of little alcoves. It seems like a cathedral almost. Like, what did the Dekus get up to in here? Um, and But there's a bunch of uh, Deku flowers to fly around with. And there are those dragonflies uh, to mess with you while you're flying around. It's kind of a another big playground for Deku Link because there's all sorts of little optional things. There's like three or four stray fairies in here. Uh, it, it's an interesting change of pace from what was a dungeon pretty much in the uh, Link to the Past mode of Gauntlet of Challenges. Here it's a platforming challenge and a a much more three-dimensional platforming situation um that it's not really um it it just seems like it's more about mastering the space than it is about finding out what they want you to do if that makes sense yeah that makes sense thanks um it's a cool room it's it's I think that it's interesting structurally in its contrast to the rest of the dungeon, but I don't know if there's anything else to say about it except that by being a less linear, more exploratory environment, it 
kind of matches the boss of this dungeon, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's talk about the boss of this dungeon. Odolwa. And I was going to say Odolwa. That's probably correct. Actually, there's a... Who knows? It's in Japanese, Odolwa means I'll dance. Oh, that's fun. Well, that's okay the, then. That's what that's what Zelda Wiki. I didn't come up with that. I don't speak that. And it's a big dancing guy. He's like a tribal guy in a mask, which I guess you wouldn't think anything of it the, on this first one, not realizing that's a pattern yet. But it is a pattern. <laughs> There's going to be some masks. Um, the manga describes like, him as oh. the god of the Deku. That's, that's interesting. That's you know. Not anywhere indicated in the video game. Um, it's only indicated insofar as he's the main guy of the temple, who in many traditions, in many temples, the main guy of that place would be it's a, a god or gods. Uh, but he like he doesn't strike me as an object of worship. He is. It's it's kind of wild to me that he's a big like human more or less like what other zelda bosses are just a guy yeah like hinox but hinox is kind of a goblin yeah i mean he's a giant you might say but no because giants are coming up in like 10 minutes oh right sorry um (laughs) (laughs) uh no he's it's a a, 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 weirdly unique to have a boss that you can just describe as a person. Yeah. Albeit a weird dancing person who's big and trying to kill you. He's got a big sword. Like a machete looking sword. Yeah. He's a jungle guy. And there's no clear, correct way to kill him. Yeah, it's very open-ended. Your instinct, if you're a certain type of Zelda player, is to use the dungeon item of the bow. But, like, the bow can stun him under certain circumstances. But it's, like, it really doesn't feel like, ah, I'll use the bow, and then the bow is the answer. Uh, The bow just is one of the tools you can use against this guy. I asked you to, when you were researching this guy, try and fight him as Deku Link. I did. Can you talk to me about that? So I loaded up my N64 copy on the Wii U's Wii Virtual Console, uh, which is becoming increasingly difficult to run. One of my Wii remotes... you have to open it in DOSBox? No, it's one of my Wii remotes died. It's just dead. Oh. Just gonzo. So I got to figure that out. But I fought him in the N64 version uh, just to compare. And it's not that dissimilar to what I remember the 3DS version being in that there's a lot of different things you can do there's just a different like end goal in the 3ds version if that makes sense but in sure the 64 version he's just damageable he's just a guy with health and you can fight him with pretty much any tool at your disposal you can hit him as any of the links uh though you know your attack windows are uh you know difficult in a lot of cases it's real hard to run up on him as deku link and smack him yes. and that's probably not doing a ton of damage it's not like we have damage numbers to see i don't have damage numbers 
Um, I was able to hit him with some arrows. Uh, that is an option. That is a viable option here. Do you have to wait for him to dance or become vulnerable? Yeah, it's not It's okay. not a 100%. You have to kind of wait for your opening. All right. Um, but are there Deku flowers in there the are, arena? There are Deku flowers 64? in the arena, yeah. Okay. I did not remember to try the trick where, well, the 3DS version, which maybe you can describe it. I don't know what you're talking about. Where he runs over you and then you pop out of the flower... Oh, and he gets okay. All stunned. Uh, I never thought to try that. See, oh, you I, didn't like, know that works. I, I figured the Deku flowers were there so that you could fly over him and drop a Deku nut on him. That also works. Him. Okay, so like, this is the breath of the wild of boss fights. Yeah, this is just a guy. Just and... a guy, and you like. He's got cool attacks, don't get me wrong. Not to undersell his attacks. His attacks are cool. He's dancing around, he does big swings, he does a cool, like, shadow jump slash at you. Yeah. He'll spin in, in circles. In 3D, the fact that he's not vulnerable most of the time and he keeps on blocking your attacks makes it feel, like with the Dinophos, like a sword battle with a guy. Yes. So it's a, it's a good fight, and it's just he'll so summon, wild. He'll that, summon bugs and he'll summon moths? Right. Yes, he's the bug moth guy. The moth bug guy. He's the lord like, of moths. There's like bomb. Like In the 64, I was getting owned by moths. But I grabbed a bomb, and once it gets mm -hmm. lit, all the moths just yeah gravitate towards the bomb. It's very satisfying. Also ran pretty well in this like emulated version. I bet it ran way chunkier in 60, on an actual hardware 64. Probably. Do we have a conclusion about Odoa? Uh, I... Well, we should mention that in the 3DS version, the change that they make is that... Oh, yeah. You do those things to damage him, but that doesn't actually, like, take off any of his health. And instead, what that does is put him into a vulnerable state in which an eyeball pops out of his head. Yeah. And this is the major change they made to all of the bosses in this version of the game. Is that there's got to be a giant eyeball that pops out, and it looks like the eyes on Majora's Mask. Yeah. So it gives you like the impression that you're fighting something connected to Majora. Um, and I can kind of see how they would want. Huh. I, I I like. This is such a specific change, such a big change, that. I feel really stupid speculating on why what it's changing, you know? I like what I, the intention is. I I think it might come secondary to them wanting to f maybe jazz up some of the other boss fights, right? This Okay. Despite this change, this boss fight's not that different between the versions. Sure. Um but some of the other boss fights are radically different in between versions and so i think it just came out of them wanting to do that and then deciding that if they're going to change one to add this weak point system that it would actually be stylistically cool for the each boss to have the same weak point yeah and that's and that's true given those premises um but like i think that the weak point system kind of ruins the boss fights more than it improves them it, I, I would say it's lesser in this specific case. I'd have to... In I'm this case, to... it's it's basically fine. Yeah. 
I will have to I will have to evaluate the other results on a case by case basis. Okay. The one other point I'll make is that this is more points in my favor of this being a Link to the Past style design, because Link to the Past bosses have often a lot of different ways you can beat them. Yeah. They kind of just made a boss and then implemented like one major way to beat them and said, well, while we're at it, also arrows are work. Also, you can use bombs to take off this guy's mask. Also, you know, you can use either fire weapon to melt this ice. Stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, no, you're right. It, 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 it really feels like it's from that design zone. Yeah. Um, okay. So we beat the boss. We get a heart container. Not very uh, many of those in this game. No. And then, uh, what do we do next? I guess we enter a glowing blue thing and we get transported to heaven. Yep, pretty much. And we meet, finally, one of the giants. The four giants, of course. I I guess, uh, I forget what exactly it says, but like, the implication seems to be that each giant is sealed by the mask of the boss of its local temple. Yeah, something like that. Because you need to have these masks to the, the the masks of the bosses travel with you in time. And so they're like proof that that monster has been defeated. Yeah. And the first giant tells you uh, that when the time comes, you'll have to summon them all with a song. And it's the oath to order. And compositionally, it is the most boring of all the ocarina songs because it's just a d minor arpeggio (laughs) which is a really simple idea that was available in ocarina of time that they did not bother using these guys are cool i love the giants they're so weird grotesque and goofy but in a non-threatening way yes that must have been a tough needle to thread to draw these guys that look like nightmare creatures but make them be obviously good guys yeah wow they're great they're great and you do that by making giving them big heads with you know shiny black eyes not like shark eyes but soft friendly eyes yeah and big noses and big noses, and just the proportions are silly. It's hard yeah, to look yeah. threatening when you just don't have a torso. Fact. I'm just staring at the picture of this guy and just having a great time, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also get the uh, Adolwa's remains. Yeah, the mask is his crazy staring at you, red-eyed mask. Which is like, maybe you didn't realize that this is a mask-themed video game. Ah, okay. So obviously the item you're getting at the end of every dungeon is another mask. It's so weird when people are talking about like how many masks are in this game and someone has to point out, but you also get the masks of the four bosses. Those are not, also masks. No, they're not, not. Not the same thing. It's not on the mask equipment menu. You cannot wear them. Um, 
in the worst version in the in this in my worst version of this game you can i almost said that you can wear the the masks of the uh the, these four masks in breath of the wild because no. you have the masks of the <laughs> I oh yeah 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 confused with the divine beast masks so i'm pretty cool yeah i'm always saying this um but yeah, we did it. We got through... Yeah, we talked about this entire dungeon and all the individual rooms. I forget what we talk about next. Where are we going? Well, we left something behind in the swamp that we have to take care of. What are you talking about? There's a house where some spiders live. Zach! We have to go back. To the dungeon. We forgot about the dumb little scene. Which dungeon scene? After you beat Eldalwa. Oh, God! We forgot the most important part of this whole episode. You go to this other part of the dungeon, supposedly, this big wooden room. It's in the back. You can go back into there, yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to, you have to, that's right. You don't, you get teleported out of the dungeon, and then you have to walk in the back door that just opened up. And there is a chamber... And it seems like when, when uh, the Deku princess like got trapped in the dungeon, she didn't go into that huge monster-filled, like actual like Zelda dungeon that you just went through. She went straight into the back door and ended up in this little side area that's not connected to the rest of the place, and that's uh-huh. where she's been this whole time. Uh huh. You have to chop your way through some grass uh, in order to access the kind of prison cell where the princess is and like we don't have time to talk about it but the fact that they make you chop through that grass it must be just so you can't walk up as deku link right here right that might be part yeah that makes oh but why would that be true like what's gonna change if you're there as deku link i don't know i think that it's a pacing thing purely I think because she knows the Deku Butler's son, right? No. Does she? I don't remember. Am I just shipping I'm, these characters without? I almost <laughs> want to say that you can, you can chop the weeds as normal Link, then take off your mask or put on the Deku mask and then walk into there. Oh, you're probably right. You're probably right. Okay, so they just so make you do this for no reason, which is cool. It's pacing. It's pacing. because it, this would not be a, the the like flow of the scene would not work if you just walked in there and she said, "Hey, they have to make something that is a tiny little obstacle that adds to the friction of the scene." Otherwise, they could just do it as a continuous cutscene, I guess. Indeed, and that's not as good. So uh, she's like, "What's going on? My dad's going to execute that monkey." She gets really mad, and she says, "Okay." Take me there. And you're like, how do I do that? And she says, don't you have something you can carry me in? And you say, I don't think so. I'm just an adventure Zelda guy. I don't have like a palantine that I can carry a princess on. And if you're like me, then maybe it takes you a while to figure out that she's asking you to transport her in a bottle. So... Similarly, that when I first played this game back on the Nintendo 64, I didn't understand how to beat this part. <laughs> okay. I did not... It did not even occur to me that you would put the princess in the bottle. 
Uh, right. I think so, I think because I was in Ocarina of Time mode, so I'm like, why can't I just pick her up and hold her? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, Ocarina of, or Majora's Mask is not interested in that mechanic. They want to do something way more fun. Yeah. Very weird. Um, I'm not even sure, like, are we supposed to b- believe that she shrinks down? Are we not supposed to think about it? Are we supposed to believe that she always is that size and we're just seeing her differently? It's so weird. I mean, the bottles are magic. That's, is that true? Aren't they? Aren't they magic bottles? Oh, that I... might be a, that might be linked to the past thing I'm thinking of. Anyway transport her back to the palace and uncork her and so she can yell at her dad we talked about that already yeah and now all is well and the monkey won't die in this timeline well not from this (laughs) anyway yes next time we do a podcast we can talk about a little house on the swamp with a little fun thing for us to do. And it'll be oh so fun to talk about it when the Complete Guide to Termina returns.